The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. Cross green. Cross. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. <laughs> Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 143 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host, out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. And uh, Zan... This is your favorite week of the year, I think. You're not, you know, you're an NBA guy, but like at your core, you're a prospect guy. So I'm not even going to ask how you're doing today. No, because I, I'm a tournament tournament guy, really. That's <laughs> true. You are a tournament guy. That is your thing. So I'll tell you that. I'm not going to ask how you're doing because I know you're doing phenomenal. I love the I love the brackets. I don't like college basketball as a product. I mean, it's really it's bad. bad. It's it's I don't we don't want to be like curmudgeons. We always start the show on a negative note, but. There's a reason we watch a lot more NBA. For yeah. Sure. And I do like scouting, but there's, it's a limited amount you can really do. Um, you know, even the guy like James Harden, your buddy, he didn't look that good in the tournament. I remember watching him and he like, you know, didn't shoot that well. And everyone's like, oh, he can't play against the lead athletes, you know? Yeah. We, we locked him down. We played him when I was at Temple and I was on the bench and he had eight points. It was great. Um, so it's they limited, beat, but it's just fun. Us, it, the, there's no better format in the world than 64 teams, single elimination, betters paradise. If you're on like Bovada Sportsbook or whatever, you could really lose a lot of money, you could win a lot of money. You got to be selective. So that's part of the reason we do this show. And also, I, I was writing a high last year. We both picked the champion two years ago. Two years but. ago. And honestly, like, this sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not like missing the last year's tournament, like was like a gut punch. Like I feel like missing my family and friends, not being able to see them COVID. Like I think I missed the tournament more. <laughs> it felt like a huge hole in my like March. That, yeah, that's true. It was, it was, it was very weird. I, I definitely agree with that. I will say real quick. We're, so we're going to do our typical like NCAA show, which is where we talk about prospects and you have some time yeah. if you're an NBA fan to, uh, yeah, we realize it's an NBA podcast, so we'll mostly talk about prospects in each but, bracket but, and make but, some picks along the way. Yeah, Zandrick's right. We'll we'll definitely throw some stuff. We'll we'll look at some Bobata lines and and let you know what we think. I, I will say right now, um, I've gone over this a million times in the show before for <laughs> an NBA show, but Ken Palm top twenty defense, top twenty adjusted offense, like those are going to be the teams that you want to pick. I, I haven't looked as of today in all honesty, but I knew it was Gonzaga, Illinois, Michigan, Houston were the only four teams right now with those uh, Gonzaga plus 210, Illinois plus 500, Michigan plus 650, Houston plus 1600. And then Baylor is the other team plus 600. Uh, defensively, they're, they're not great. So I mean, they're good. Obviously they're, they're good, but they're not up to snuff. Now, normally the one thing that people forget is that Ken Bomb does take the numbers from the tournament games and adds them in. So at the end of the year, a team like Baylor, who is like two in offense and 40th in defense could be two in offense and 18th in defense if they have a really good six game stretch. So right. like Georgetown, be- my, my school, they were in the eighties and then, you know, they won the big East tournament. I think they're up in the fifties now. Yeah. So, so, so you, you want to pick teams that are close to that tw- inside 20, right? So there are teams, obviously they're already in it that you feel good about, 
But then if you see a team that's like, you know, 30th in both or 18th in D and 30th in O, like that's a reasonable pick going into the tournament. I will say Michigan right now does seem like an avoid. Isaiah Livers, not quite sure if he's even going to be back for the tournament, but they they could struggle to score without him, which is a shame because I do think Michigan is pretty good. But those are kind of just my first little thoughts, Zan. I don't know if you have well, anything And else also, to add. like, we look at this as I presume our listening audience is like myself, where it's like you're mostly an NBA fan. You probably start checking in March Madness around now. Um, and you want more like color. Like, wait, who's on Creighton? Yeah. Who's on? Is the VCU have any superstars? Like, I want to watch the games and, with an eye to the NBA and just to know the teams a little better. So you, you have something to root for or guys to watch, you know, with these random games. Um, and we have that. So we're going to go through each bracket and just sort of highlight some guys who are going to be like maybe on the NBA radar and ha- you are going to judge them. And, and I might you're, not, I've been so bad gonna, lately. You're going to judge them too. Don't, don't kid yourself. I, you know what I realized? I, I'm, I've had some high profile misses lately, like Marvin Bagley, Josh Jackson, I think is a miss, even though he's playing better. Um, he's probably a miss I, yeah, I would say that in a top like, five, I guess. Seems like but those are guys I watched a lot. So I'm like, this is it like the Billy Bean thing. Like if you watch you too influenced by a few good games, um, maybe like, I, I feel like I don't miss as much on guys. I don't watch as much. Yeah. I, I think and that that's part of the thing with the NCAA tournament is, is now there's so much saturation of games that it's it's hard for a guy to like jump off the page, but we, there will be a couple guys I think this year that are that are playing to kind of go pro or not. And obviously we'll, we'll get to some dudes, but I would say like a guy like Bones Highland, right for VCU, he's definitely in the fringe like NBA draft circles. Like he's definitely a fringe first rounder right now, and and we'll get a little bit more to him. But he's the type of guy that like if VCU wins two games, that like he plays great in. All of a sudden he's like the twelfth pick and he has to go pro, and so you know, we're going to talk about Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley. And like, those guys are going to be top five picks no matter what they do in the NCAA tournament. But there are some guys that like can definitely play themselves from a like, eh, should I go back? Should I maybe be a second rounder to like, I am definitely a first round pick right now. And then there's some other guys that like probably are thinking about going to school, maybe like a Jaden Springer from Tennessee. Right. Well, let's go where through, because bad, I, there's so much volatility in the March Madness time. Do you, do you have a bracket open in front of you? Yeah, I, just I do wanna, have a bracket. And, yeah, I just uh, want to make sure that we we know who's <laughs> playing each other because I don't have a bracket open in front of me. And I briefly watched the selection show for one purpose, and that was to troll one of my friends. So, <laughs> um, Well, I and also, I mean, people are like small sample size in the tournament. Like, a lot, you know, casual fans tune in now. I think a lot of coaches tune in now. I, I you know, and say you're, you know, Gonzaga, you've played 26 games you might play six games in the tournament. That's a sizable chunk of your season, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's not a bad sample size to watch. Especially this year, especially this year when there are some teams like Colgate's like 14 and one or something. And they're, you know, they're going to play maybe two games if they win, but yeah, there, there's teams that have That's not something played that kind games. of weirds me out about the NBA, like rookies. Everyone's like, it's too early to judge a rookie. He's in year two. It's like, we're also judging them based on like 25 college games, you know, like yeah. there's, there's probably more of a sample size in the NBA than there is anything and, else. And, you know, like high school talent, AAU talent, like you're exactly right. Like you, you, that, that is one thing that guys need to weigh. That's a, that's one of the more astute things that you've said that there are small samples for very young players for sure. Well, what about, you can mock me, but I have a bracket open during our bracket show. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mocking. That was being game. serious. I was being I know. serious. I'm saying you don't. You're a little behind the game. You got to get back in game shape here. 
Um, okay, let me start since I have a bracket open. Let's start with the West. Let's start with Gonzaga. They're like overwhelming favorite, and you know, not to win. You wouldn't take them against the field, but like five thirty eight thinks they have like a twenty five percent chance of winning the tournament. They're plus two ten on Bovada. That's insane. I think I, I don't know. Like when the last time, maybe like Kentucky was when they were undefeated going into the tournament was like less than plus 200, but in a 68 team tournament for somebody to be two to one, that's pretty, pretty heavy odds. Right. And all the stats, like say they are notch above even the number one seed, they're undefeated. And how is that? They have a veteran team. And then you add a sort of like a star freshman, Jalen Suggs comes in guard, lead guard. He's ranked right now on ESPN number three. Some sites have him number one overall. So tell me about Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I, I really like Jalen Suggs. I, I'll spare you the like he was a, a college quarterback because you'll hear that about a million times. He's just a really big guard, you know, like 6'4", maybe 6'5", 200 pounds, just a tough kid, point guard. And I, I think he shows a ton of like instincts and his, high, and his motor is super high. So like when you, when you watch him, he's maybe not like the, the most dynamic passer and he's mo- not the most dynamic scorer, but he's a really good shooter. He's a really good passer. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And then he really guards. And so on a team like Gonzaga, where there's a ton of floor space because of guys like Corey Kispert, like it's just, he's like the perfect, like head of the snake for them. Like just the perfect engine for their team that plays so fast in transition. I I think he's pretty much locked into, I I would be stunned if he went lower than four, right? I I think the top five is In terms of player comparisons, because he's, I've heard Drew Holiday, do you buy that? Like as a big guard? I don't think he's that athletic, but that's pretty good. I I mean, I, I think if, that's probably like a Drew Hunt is really good, right? Like, I don't know that I think Jalen Suggs is going to be that good, but, but it's sort of like know. a big combo guard, right? Like, yeah. cause he's not, he's, he's not like John Wall or something. No, I mean, and, and they play Andrew Nemhart at point guard a lot too. And he initiates their offense. So Suggs is more of like a, a secondary creator for them. And, but I think you're drafting him to be a point guard. I, I think if that's what you want, you know, when you're drafting him in the top five, but for me, you know, I, I think Gonzaga just fits really well together, right? Like I mean, Corey Kispert is a guy that's been around for a long time and I think is probably going to end up going in the top 10, basically like a six, seven wing. I don't think there's Gordon Hayward upside because I don't see it as a creator, but he is probably the best shooter in the draft on a strictly like, can he be Joe Harris? Can he be Duncan Robinson? Like those guys are so valuable now. And with him, like you didn't get the cue. This is a white guy. He's white here. Six, seven, which is really nice. Um, A shooter, you know, ace shooter. I mean, he's shooting like 60%. His effective field goal percentage off the dribble is like 58%. I mean, that's really, really good for a guy like that you would assume is just a, a jump shooter. Like, so he can put the ball on the deck some, like, but it's just that when you look at Gonzaga and like you look at their talent level, it's just, it's like insane. Like, they just have well, so I'll tell you many a story about Corey Kispert. Like, I'm a nerd or whatever. I got time on my hands. So sometimes I'll do like pretend you're the GM, you know, of like yep. Washington or something. Yeah. Yep. I would say a few weeks ago, Maybe a month ago, I was looking at, you know, a mock draft. You can do that online. And I was in like the round two range, pick 50 range. And the guys on the board were, you know, some random guys and Corey Kispert. Mm, That's insane. And I'm like, wow, who is like, let me watch this guy. And then like, it seems like a safe bet to be like a Joe Harris type in the NBA. And he's just been finally people have bought in and now he is considered a top 10. I think he's going to be a lottery pick. Right. And then Jolie IA and Drew Timmy are just really good college players. Guys that just get a lot of stuff done. Timmy, a big man, about a six, five, like defensive stopper who I think definitely has a chance to get picked in the second round. Drew Timmy. I don't know. Seems like he's probably going to be more of a European guy. Andrew Nemhart, same deal, probably European point guard. 
But like Gonzaga's just loaded, dude. Like they just have so much talent. They yeah. play so fast. Like I think this is probably the year that Mark Few gets it done. I, I told I think this was two weeks ago we were talking about picks and we both said Gonzaga, but they're just they're just really freaking good, man. Well, and, and you know what I like about Kispert too is look, there's always skepticism about like these white shooters, right? But I think the fear is like the guy like a Nick Skouskis, Skouskis, yeah, Sauce Castillo, because he's like six four and he you know can't really separate and he he's not good. he can't hang on defense. But Kispert's six seven. They list him at two twenty. He's like thick, like Joe Harris. He's every bit of he's every bit of that. Like and he, yeah, so he can guard guys and he can he's tall enough to get off his shot. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the concern for sure is that like he's just not going to be able to guard anybody on defense. But we haven't really seen like a ton of. I, I would say as a long term concern, like sure, am I going to be worried if like he's in the game against the Nets and like he's matched up against Kyrie Irving? Yeah, probably. But I'm worried about everybody. I think like just as like a wing who's like your third or fourth offensive option who's going to get hunted. Like I, there are worse guys, right? Like he's definitely big and strong enough to guard some fours. Definitely can bang with some wings a little bit. Like I, I'm Kispert's. Kisper's really good, man. Like he's a very, very good player. Yeah, his he used to be about fifty percent from three. It's dropped to forty four, shooting ninety percent from the line. Like those are better numbers than Joe Harris in college, at least. Yeah, and then the other thing too. I mean, Kisper has really good numbers at the rim this year. I think he's at like sixty seven percent at the rim. So again, this is not some like below the rim like non vertical athlete. Like he's definitely well, you, a good. You athlete. know what? I, and he seemed like a nice guy. I did like a deep dive on some of these. Oh guys. man, don't 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 do this for me. Like you're gonna tell me that like. You saw an interview with Corey Kispert. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear with it. With his sister. With his yeah, twin she's sister. A vo- she's a volleyball player. I, yeah. They're twins. He has a right? twin sister. She seemed nice. He seemed nice. I mean, he seems like a guy you could add to the team. And you know what? My deep dive really got me. His this dad, is a fact you can. You can how about perf- this? Okay. His dad played basketball at Seattle. His mom played volleyball at Seattle. And his grandpa played in the new played for the New York Jets. How about that? Oh, wow. Lineage. <laughs> this one's going to even blow your mind. Tell your friends this factoid <laughs> and tell them Zan sent you. Jalen Suggs, top five pick. He's from like Minnesota or something. Yes. You know who one of his best friends is? Chad Holmgren. They played the same high school. And go best female friend, Paige Buckers or whatever. Oh, from, from, from UConn? UConn, like the player of the year on UConn is like this female freshman. Did she go to that high school too? Maybe I don't know, but there was video of like day in the life of Jalen Suggs. And it was like him hanging out with her all day because they're really good friends. And it looked like they had a little flirtatious chemistry. But if you watch the women's tournament at all, Paige, what's her name? Buckers or Brookers? I don't know, but it's something like that. Buck, Brookers. But it's really Buckers. funny because she looks like she's like an eighth grade White she's girl. really good. She's I like actually tiny, but she's really good. I watched a little bit of UConn in Tennessee because my buddy is the director of analytics for the Tennessee women's team, but she was good. Yeah. I so I'm saying I ship, as the kids say, Jalen Suggs, Paige, fan fiction. I'm gonna write some on the side. Um, but here's the question, relevant question. Say there's a hundred people in a pool. How many are going Gonzaga to win? 50? Well, 40 and it does it make sense to to ride that train or should like the average person go against the grain no you should pick the team that's going to win right like i understand the game theory aspect of this and so here's what i would tell you pick the team that you think is going to win and then at the end when everyone has gonzaga if you're worried and you want to make some money just take whatever the money would be and just hedge it against the other team you know what i mean like it's just i just think this is the year that the first round and the second round are probably more important because i do think given the pandemic and given what we've seen from teams, there's going to be really chalk heavy 
picks. I don't, I just don't think people are going to be able to pick a ton of upsets. Like I, I do think like, don't get me wrong. There are teams like, I think people are going to talk themselves into Alabama, who I think is really good. I think there's some people that could look at like Tennessee and see how much talent they have and be like, okay, maybe Cade Cunningham in that same little pod in Oklahoma state and be like, they could win it all. Right. I think that's going to happen. But I think largely you're going to see a lot of like Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Houston's like that's going to be the majority of people's final four. So I would do that too, by the way. And I just, I just think there's an argument to say, let's roll with Illinois because probably five people are going to take them. Yeah. And then I'll be one of five versus one. If you're not in a bracket with an Illinois alum, you're probably going to win the pool if Illinois wins the title. Right. Or Houston. Like how many people are taking Houston? Um, okay. So let's go back to pro prospects in the West. Number two seed, Iowa. I think a guy's interesting to talk about. Luca Garza is a big guy. Is he going to win player of the year? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Probably going to win player of the year. Uh, I was, he was little... averaging like 25 and 10 shooting 40% from three. Yeah, It's down to like but, 23 and a half and like nine now or eight. Right. But like the NBA is just not buying it. He's ranked number 49 on ESPN. So tell me why the NBA does not believe in Luca Garza, the big man. He's a true, he's a true five and he's just not a very good athlete, like great footwork, really good jump shooter. But like when you watch Frank Kaminsky fail and Luca's not even close to as athletic as Frank Kaminsky was, and he's not as skilled as like a passer and ball handler. I just think like you look at a guy like that and he's just not quite good enough. Wies camp is a pretty good uh, uh, prospect as well. Like I think he has some, a chance to be a second round pick. I don't think he will be. He's probably, probably should be ranked around like 75, but like a good player. And Luca Garza is interesting because I think he'll get a shot because there's, you know, you're 6'10 and you can shoot it, right? Like that's a big deal, but he's not an electric rebounder. And like, it's really tough. Like you can't, you have to be like actively running your offense through him. And that's just not going to happen at the NBA level. So how is he going to score? Right. Like, and, and again, if you match him up with like, let's just even use James Wiseman as an example, like he's just going to get eaten alive on the glass and defensively. So like I I, yeah, I, he, I don't he looks he's slow and he looks slow too. Like right. lumbering. And again, this is this is where it's really important I think to be able to make distinctions about athleticism, right? Because like Frank Kaminsky's not a good athlete, right? He's just not a great vertical athlete, but he is flexible. He's he's pretty fluid for like a heavy-footed guy and like that's not when Luca Garza just looks like he has cement shoes on, right? But he is honestly, he's a great college player. I don't like Iowa. They they show a statistical profile of a team that probably will be upset early. A very, very good offense. And then like 50 spots lower is their defense. And I just – I don't love him, but he is good enough to carry them for sure. So I, I wouldn't Great write college him player. Um, I, I'll, get, I'll give you a shot here because we don't want to spend too much time. Kansas is the three. Virginia the four. Creighton's the five. Give me your favorite prospects of those group. Oh, this is good. Uh, Trey Murphy from Virginia, I really, really like. I, I think he's ranked a little lower on ESPN. But as we know, like what the current archetype of players are in the NBA, he's a transfer from Rice. He was going to sit out this year, but uh, decided to play based on like some injuries and stuff like that. He's grown from like 6'3 to like 6'9 in two years. And so he was a guard in high school. And now he's like this wing shooter and he's shooting around 45% from three as like a 6'9 guy. His frame's super slight, so I, I'm not going to sit, sit here and tell you like he's the next Paul George where like he just comes out and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this guy's unlimited upside. But I do think when you can get a guy who's mobile and fluid like him, who's a good athlete, who has kind of just discovered how good he can be, I think Trey Murphy's going to be a fast riser because there's not going to be a yeah. lot of guys that are true threes that are 45% three-point shooters with his length. And so I just feel good about him. He's a really good kid. His mom works at Duke. Like I just – 
feel like he's the type of guy that if he has a good game in the tournament, all of a sudden, like he's the 15th pick. Yeah. I'm really surprised ESPN has him that low. I, he's the guy I would have mentioned too. You know, you say upside, 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 like Mikel Bridges, like didn't have a lot of upside and he slipped, but it's like, Suns are happy to have him. This is, you this, know? is, this is, that's a good comparison for him. He's not nearly to the defender Mikel Bridges is, but that is, you could see Mikel Bridges for for him. I totally agree with that. So everyone comparison. wants that guy, right? Like the tall wing who could shoot threes and play capable defense. Like you could f- slot him in anywhere. I don't know if he's that good enough to be a starter necessarily, but like, Hey, like you can't, he's not going to hurt you in any way. Um, I don't think Kansas has a guy that I, like, I guess Marcus Garrett and like Agbaji yeah. are both like possible. Jalen Wilson is probably like right in that, like 30 to 40, but he's not even traveling with them for this weekend. So Kansas, not so much. Right. And then Creighton Zigorowski going to be an awesome European player, probably score a lot of points in summer league, but no, no real pro prospects right now for Creighton. Uh, the number six, seed usc trojans have the number two overall prospect on espn evan mobley sort of like the anti luca garza right body this guy's wise. amazing <laughs> he's so good right I, uh, you... so he's like a very slender big guy they he's listed at seven feet 210 garza is by the way 265 so evan mobley this is a, this is an interesting one right because like you you tend to like compare bigs to like bigs of other classes and he's just so good defensively like his his timing is really good his positioning's really good but he's also like a pretty good shooter I think Evan Mobley went came to college with sky high expectations on a USC team that like absolutely had to win his dad's an assistant there his brother's a year older than him there very different player and he was the best player in the Pac-12 from day 1 I think a guy that's definitely been slept on nationally because there hasn't been a ton of Pac-12 coverage because the conference just wasn't that good. And to me, I don't know if he'll go two, but he's definitely not going lower than like four, right? Like he's he's not. There, I, I would be stunned if he went after Jalen Suggs, to be honest with you. So like if I think yeah. Suggs is four is five, like Mobley shows as a guy who could block three shots a game, get like 1.5 steals and average like 21 and 12. Like he definitely has that type of ceiling because he can really shoot. And I he, was watching, I was watching the PAC 12 tournament. Like I was blown away by like how good he is. He, he's so agile. Like he's not Anthony Davis, but he's, right. he's so like light on his well, feet and quick on his feet for a guy who doesn't profile as like a super explosive athlete. Well, that's what that's the offense really surprised me. Cause I was thinking when I, before I watched him like a Kongu last year, maybe he's just like a, you know, fluid big guy he's much bigger seven feet seven five wingspan and much better offensively and like he does remind me of anthony davis offensively a little bit yeah yeah because he has like the mid-range he'll be extending it he looked like a good passer in this game he is he's a good he's a good playmaker his feel for basketball is really really good yeah i mean i could see this guy being like an all-star he to Um, me the one knock that's gonna get kind of like i guess like exacerbated if you will is like i think people feel like he's a little soft because he's you know he 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 doesn't you know he's he's not like doughy but he's not like ripped right he's not like a huge like hulking guy like a kongu was and i think that there are times when people will play very physical with him and you think he's kind of backing down or he's not playing with a super high motor now i don't i don't personally deem that as a huge flaw but i think if you're if you're nitpicking you're looking for some flaws i do think physicality is one that I would, I would be a little bit concerned, but that's not really how NBA centers play anymore. Like when you play, you know, you need, I could see that because watching him, he stayed on the perimeter a lot. He's not a great rebounder, but at the same time, 
like let's say you're playing on a team with Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's going to drive a lot. You kind of want a big guy stretching and staying on the outside and not clogging the middle. Um, you know, Miles Turner like gets flack for not be, for being passive, but he's like a helpful player in that way. He's, like he doesn't get in the way. It uh, might be it might be wild to say this, but like I kind of feel like Miles Turner's like his floor. Like I I, I think like that's the type of guy we're seeing. Seriously. I agree. I was thinking that too. I'm like, is there any circumstance where he's not a starter at least or a pretty good starter? Even as like the fourth or fifth guy on a team, like he's just like too. He's you know seven five wingspan guy who can has basketball skills and can run. I mean, he's he's very good. He he also strikes me as like USC is an interesting team to me because they do have a guy like Evan Mobley who can just go for twenty five and twelve and basically just be Greg Oden right and and just carry them. But I don't know that they're a team that people really feel. No, is I, be- I felt like that. And by the way, another comp that somebody said was David Robinson. That was a high praise. Um, I don't think USC is very good, though. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's why as if you're picking these games, don't pick based on pro prospects who are 19. You want to pick based on like the 23-year-old like transfer guard who's been in college <laughs> for five years. We'll get to that guy, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I really like him. And then uh, I would even argue, I mean, I think he's number one or two based on team needs i tend to like big guys more than most people though yeah i think Uh, it's hard i think it's hard to put anyone in front of Cade right now i I think you could talk yourself into the two g league guys just in terms of what they could be like if jonathan kamanga turns into a good shooter or jalen dream turns into like a good anything other than an athlete like those guys upside is through the roof but like what you're getting with Cade, and we'll get to him but and evan mobley i I think are two guys with definite all-star potential um the rest of the field Chris Duarte or whatever on Oregon's pretty good shooter. Can't, but tell me that can't say I've watched a ton, but I've heard he's got real first round buzz. And he's an older guy, right? He, he's yeah, a he's twenty three, and but he's That's a shooter. The That's the guy. Oregon always has guys like that. Their ages right now are twenty three, twenty four. I mean, it's like a semi pro team. <laughs> um, but I want to hear your take on VCU guy that you mentioned, Bones Highland. He's ranked forty eighth right now. Yeah, do you I actually just, think he could be a top twenty guy? So yeah, I do. Uh, he's really good. He's more of a combo guard. He's grown. He spent the reason I know him is because he's from. He, he went to school in Delaware, and he was hurt a lot of his junior year, and so he kind of like was late out there going into his senior year. And everyone was like, "Oh, this kid can really score. Like he's a really good player." But we've seen that like there's some defensive instincts there. He he gets his hands on basketballs. Great steal rate. Like. And so for me, a guy like Bones, people are kind of like, oh, man, his frame, his knees, like he's not a great athlete. But like if you watch him, he's young still. And if you watch him two straight games and he gives you like, let's say, I don't even honestly, I don't know who VC is playing in the first round. Let me look at the bracket that I put up in front of me because I don't want to get, you know, or so like they're playing Oregon. If he just lights up Chris Duarte, like how do you take a guy like him in the first round instead of Bones? Right. And then like, let's say they win and he goes crazy against Iowa against like a really good team. And like they win or lose, like it's just the type of kid where you're like, man, he's been really good in the Atlantic 10. He's he's a guy that like he's been the best player on his team. We watched him in the tournament. Now, the problem is he's not really playing against teams with like a lot of high level NBA prospects. So like that kind of sucks for him. Right. Like that's a negative thing. But I do feel very strongly that like if Bones has a good tournament, he goes from, like you said, number 48 to like number 16 because he's a guy who can shoot. He can handle it a little bit like. And there's there's feel and upside there. Yeah, and good nickname. I didn't know his nickname yeah. was Bones. That's why like immediately. Nishan is him. his is his actual name, but yeah. 
And other- also, like, I was going to say, like, college stats are a little weird sometimes because you have to remember that it's only 40-minute games. But a yep. guy averaging 19 and a half points in college, like, just translate that in your head as, like, 23 or so. You know, like, that's a yeah. big-time number. Couple other, I'll, I'll highlight three more guys. I won't go into detail on them, but I, I think that's pretty much it for this region. But uh, Missouri kid named Drew Smith plays his absolute ass off. He's a guard, a little bit of everything. Uh, if he shoots it well in the tournament, I think he'll have a chance to be a late second round pick. They play Oklahoma. Austin Reeves, white point guard for Oklahoma. I'm dubious he'll get drafted, but again, a guy that I think will be a pretty good European point guard. I think he's in the mix for the late 50s. And then uh, Jason Preston from Ohio is a guy that there's been a lot of stories written about, but. He had no offers in high school, like randomly went to a prep school and then he grew and now he's playing for he's playing for Ohio and he's been really good for them. And I think he'll get some love as a late second round pick as well, especially if he plays well in the tournament because he's a big point guard. But those are three guys, I think, that also probably deserve some mention here, but I don't think are like true, true NBA prospects, but guys that can play themselves into the draft. But a really good bracket, the West, but we should move on to the East. You like this. You think I this love bracket that bracket. was loaded. I think this bracket is the easiest draw. That's what I, I read that. Somebody's like Gonzaga has a cakewalk, but I love Virginia, although they might have COVID. Yeah. Illinois bracket is brutal. I like Oregon. Um, I, you know, I was just hoping Virginia wouldn't be mashed up with Gonzaga. And they are, would be in like the third round, so it's just annoying. Um, anyway, let's go to the East. Everyone's considered, everyone's down on Michigan now. Michigan was a hot team. Computers don't love them as much. One of their wings, Isaiah Livers, is he out for the tournament? That's what I read, but I'm not 100% sure if they'll try to get him back before. But I, I think he's, he's out indefinitely. So, And their star is a familiar name, Franz Wagner. Younger brother of Mo Wagner. Is it called Wagner or Wagner? Wagner. Wagner, yeah. Pronounced Wagner. Uh Uh, Like I said real quick, Michigan is... uh, Sorry. Michigan is plus 650 on Bovada, which I think is too high. That's not a price that I like them at, just considering that I think they are so sound defensively. But I, I do feel like they have a tough draw because LSU can really score and St. Bonaventure can really score. But I, I wouldn't be super interested. Wagner, I, I really like. He is a great defender. He's a great team defender, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. But 6'9", 220, uh, a lot of offensive versatility. He's not the shooter that his brother was. He's also not quite as big, but he is definitely more of a wing, definitely more handle to his game. Uh, he's also grown since his time at Michigan. So who knows if he's done growing, maybe he's six eleven. you know what I mean? He's not really a point guard. Obviously he's, he's more of a wing and a secondary creator, but given how skilled he is and how good of a defender he is, Wagner's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, which is a rarity for me because he's an older player. He's a 2001 birth year. So we didn't want to compare Corey Kispert to Gordon Haywood, but what about that? Yeah, Wagner is more of that for sure. Definitely more of that, uh, especially given the length. Uh, he's taller, I think, than Hayward was, but I don't remember what Hayward measured at. But I, I think Wagner's real difference-making make- ability is how good he is as a, de- as a defensive player. I don't know that he was – Daryl Morsell won defensive player year in Big 12. I think Aaron Henry at Michigan State was better than him, and I also think Wagner was better than him as well. Like, Wagner can legitimately guard four positions for my money. Um, wow. All in. He's just uh, such a good, like, 
he's such a good positional defender and you don't, I mean, again, and Michigan's defensive scheme is really good. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. So some of that can certainly be playing for Michigan, but it's just like, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like you see a white guy and he's like a good jump shooter. And you're like, ah, he stinks defensively. Like that is not Mo Wagner, like he, or uh, Franz Wagner. He is a really good positional defender. Like he's really good understanding of angles, really good understanding of like where the ball is coming off as a rebound, like very good, like one, two pass recognition. Like he, he's really, really good on the defensive end. And I think that's going to make him, I don't. I, I like him better than Kispert, but I don't know that the NBA will feel that way because being a knockdown shooter is worth a lot of money these days. And I, Wagner's not that good of a shooter. He's a good shooter for sure. Talk about a great chance to prove yourself because you know there's going to be that skepticism. Michigan has a chance to play four or five games, maybe win the title, and then what happens then? Um, you know, Gordon Hayward worked his way into being a lottery pick. Yeah. There wasn't like a lock there. They went to the title game, helped him. Alabama is the number two seed. They don't have a lot of top prospects. They don't have anyone Herb, in the top. Herb, Herb Jones. Herb Jones for me is is definitely going to end up getting picked, and I would imagine will outperform his draft yeah. rating. He's, he's fifty now, and now he's is he really fifty? He's fifty six on ESPN, but rising. Yeah, I think. I think he's got. It, I don't know, man. NBA teams do weird things. Peyton Pritchard got ra- drafted in the first round. Like, what the hell do I know about prospects? But. Uh, Herb Jones is a really good defender. One of the probably the defense player of the year in the NCAA. If you like him as a wing, definitely has had some offensive credibility in the past. It's not been so good, but Javon Quinterly has made them a little bit better. Alabama plays a super weird style in the sense that they, they are very good defensively, but they also play super, super fast. They're a team to me that if you're looking for value, they are currently plus 1,800 on Bovada. Like, I could talk myself into Alabama winning the national championship because I like their draw a little bit better than Michigan's, first of all, but also, like, it, they're tough to play against. Like, they're teams that aren't ready to play at the pace that they play, as long as they don't throw the ball away, which they do an absolute ton, they're they're really good. And, and Herb Jones is kind of the, the guy that guards the other team's best player and he can make a three. I, I think he's got a chance to be like Andre Roberson at the next level. And I think that guy does get drafted. So I don't want to yeah, sleep and, on and Alabama. If he's this wing with six eight size, good defender, and he could be okay offensively, I think that's a definitely a draftable yeah, guy. He, he's what did you say he is? He's fifty six right now on ESPN. That's a little surprise. That's a little surprise. There, you know, everyone's a little he's forty four on Tankathon. You know, we'll see. Man, I even think, Sam Vecini, who's Sam Vecini, who's more of like a toolsy guy when he ranks players, had Herb as 55, too. That's interesting. Well, his age, he's a senior, 22 years old. That's like the death knell for him as a prospect, but maybe not death knell. It's, it's really interesting, too, because we didn't even talk about Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, and I understand we can't just talk for five hours about prospects, but like you're talking about like a young 7-2 center, and he's like not even getting first-round buzz right now. And then Herb Jones is also getting knocked for being 22. And it's like, all right, NBA teams are weird, right? Like, it's just yeah. odd. I, I well, like Herb Jones. I think somebody's <laughs> going to draft him. And then the guy, two guys on Texas, the three seed that NBA does like, freshman, 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 um, two big guys on Texas, Kai Jones. How do you say it? Kai yeah, Jones, Kai, Kai, Kai Jones. Jones. And Greg Brown. Neither one has averaged more than 11 points this year, but they're ranked in the top 25. Do you like either one better than the other? Hmm. Good question. Kai Jones is ranked higher, so I will start with him. Not a guy who's played basketball for a lot, a lot of years, came to the U.S. from the Bahamas, uh, an insanely, like, just a physical specimen, just a guy that jumps off the page. He's so athletic, legitimately 6'11", super long. I don't love 
Kai Jones because I just I don't really see the defensive upside and you kind of have to be a rim protector but he does show like a Mo Bamba type skill set where like he can definitely make a three and like he's comfortable taking them and because of the fluidity I think from an athletic standpoint you look at a guy like him and you're like man there's a lot of projection left and I think that's why he's ranked ahead of Greg Brown also like he's got a legitimate position and I think people are kind of wondering with Greg Brown like where do you play him but I, I worry about Kai Jones because I definitely worry about the strength. And then I really worry about the basketball IQ. And you know, Zan, how often I harp on this guys who just haven't played a ton. And if they're not going to, if they don't show signs of being like with it and having like a reasonable basketball IQ, I just don't always think that comes. And so Kai Jones, I think is a, he's a guy that is probably going to look really good in the tournament and, and maybe he'll be good, but he, he does strike me as a guy that'll probably get overdrafted. Greg Brown is an absolutely electric athlete, like other than like, Zion Williamson there are not many people that are better athletes than Greg Brown but man the skill just I don't know I don't know what he is like it's it's just really tough he's got to be a wing I think if you want to talk yourself into who Greg Brown can be at the next level if you convince yourself that he's a really hard worker which I've heard he is his family's Texas through and through like mom ran track in Texas like he's lived in Austin his whole life if you convince himself he's a really hard worker he maybe you can see Trevor Ariza right big long wing who can make a corner three, who doesn't really dribble it, but also was when he was younger was an, an excellent athlete. And I think that's kind of what you're talking yourself into. I think Greg Brown's probably played himself into the late first, early second right now. And so I think he's a guy that really needs a good tournament showing to get well, himself I, back into that lottery conversation. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, you didn't have a great year statistically. I'm looking at his stats right now. He averaged nine points a game in only 20 minutes, but his, you know, efficiency, 42% from the field, Assist to turnover ratio. This is not what you want to see. 0.4 assists, 2.4 turnovers, and three fouls a game. Who's that calling? Is that an NBA front office calling you right now? <laughs> it's Greg Brown's agent. Oh, pissed nice. off. Um, I, I don't know. The guys like that scare me. And it's like him staying. I'm like, maybe it's not in your interest to stay and play well. Just like go while you still have some lingering like high school buzz. Here's what I'll say about Greg Brown. There are rumors that like he's – would struggle being away from his support group. So maybe his family thinks he needs to stay an extra year and, and he'll, he'd be more likely to listen to them because that's just what he's always done. It uh, does have a, he shows like a pretty good basketball IQ. I, I think, and, and his work ethic is, is supposedly very good. So I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, there's we have another things. big guy there. Maybe it's being the man next year. Yeah. There's playing more worse, than 20 minutes a night. There's worse things than drafting like a six, nine, 200 night 200 pound pogo stick right like you can i'd probably rather whiff on greg brown than i would on like i don't even know i'm not sure kai jones jones herbert jones is 22 year old guy that you liked herb jones like (laughs) all right keep going you're not going to troll me and get me to slow down because florida state kind of has similar situation because they have some big guys big athletes um your guy scotty barnes came in as sort of a top 10 I prospect, love. he's down to 13 on ESPN. I love Scotty Barnes. I love Scotty Barnes. And then Raekwon Gray has some buzz. He's in the 40s. Um, so has tell he me why you love his body, Raekwon Gray? Because when he got to college, he was like 290. He was like he Zion, but not still. athletic. So tell me about Scotty Barnes. All right. So here's what I really like about Scotty Barnes. Uh, he's a six, nine playmaker. Like the guy is an absolutely incredible passer. He's a really, really good defender. I don't see a scenario where he gets out of the top 10 just because of what his skill set is. And everyone thinks they can fix the jump shot. Here's what I don't like about Scotty Barnes. 
he is an absolutely terrible jump shooter at this this juncture of his career. Shooting thirty percent from three. 60% from the foul line. Those numbers got worse in conference play, which bothers me. But again, this is a guy that's, you know, 11 points, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, one and a half steals. And he's only playing like 25 minutes a game because of the way Florida State plays and they play so many guys. You know, you're going to get good team defenders out of Florida State. He's already proven in high school that he's a very good on the ball defender. If you're telling me that Patrick. What's his name? Patrick Williams, right? If Patrick Williams was the fourth pick for the Bulls, I understand that last year's draft was a little different than this year's. Like, I like Scotty Barnes better than him. Like, I, I think that there's – everyone's talks, everyone talks about, like, oh, man, can we find the next Draymond Green, right? Can, can we find him? They're looking for him. They're looking for him. For me, like, Scotty Barnes is the first guy I've seen where I'm like, okay, I could buy into him being Draymond Green. Yeah, he looks, like, intense, too. I mean – yeah, there are times when he gets he gets mad and like gets, wants to get guys like subbed out of the game and stuff. It's pretty funny. He's he's re- I, I think Scotty Barnes is excellent. I really do. But what about the shooting? It's like if a guy's not a great shooter shooting. right now, it scares me. The margin for error is a lot thinner. You know. Well, I, I would argue with you that okay, that's fair. The margin for error in terms of drafting a guy like him, but I would argue the margin for error on him being a a, a valuable piece on a team is probably higher because he does so many other things well. Like, but tell me why he's not Stanley Johnson, who was considered. He's just a way know, better. Winner. He's just a way better passer and defender than Stanley Johnson is. Like Scotty Barnes can dribble the basketball. He can dribble. He can create. Like he, you he's can averaging run your, six assists per forty. I mean, per thirty six. That's, that's great. pretty freaking good for a college yeah. player, right? Like per I, I, he would. It would. He would have to go into workouts and shoot like. Now he might do this, right? Like I'm not going to say that he won't do this, but like he would have to shoot like spot up threes like unguarded they make you shoot like 100 if he shot like 15 for 100 i could see dropping him out of the top 10 but like he is really a good player and like you watch him in games and like he just always impacts the game well how do you like him you know they're not going to get him i guess because of the um protections but like if he was on a team with like a Carl Anthony Towns or something no, I, like that i wouldn't i wouldn't like him so much next to anthony Edwards. <laughs> but I, I do like him like I think this draft has a very clear top five. I've said this uh, a bunch already, but I think it's Cade. I think it's Evan Mobley. And then I think it's Jalen Suggs and the two G League guys. Those are the top five. Yeah. I think everybody else is competing to be the sixth pick. And I think that like Scotty, Zaire Williams, who's not in the tournament, like uh, Keon Johnson. Like, I think those guys are kind of all in the mix for like, who's going to play well enough to kind of work their way back into that six or seven spot. But I don't think anyone's getting into the top five. Um, Okay. Let's, Let's speed up a little bit. Um, UConn, LSU both have big-time scorers, 20 points a game in college. Again, no small thing. LSU has Cam Thomas. UConn has James Bonite. How do you spell Book, that? Book Knight. Both averaging 20 points a game, both ranked right now in the top 20 on ESPN. Do you like one more than the other? Yeah, I like Book Knight. I, I, Cam Thomas might be my favorite player in college basketball just because of the roller coaster ride that he's on. He doesn't pass. He, but that guy, he does one thing amazing. He, he is an absolutely electric scorer. Uh, he gets to the foul line. He's a volume three point shooter. But Cam Thomas is a young dude who scores, going to score 24 points a game in major college basketball. Like he's going to be a first round pick. He's probably not as athletic as Lou Williams. I love watching him because he doesn't pass. Like it's just a roller coaster. Booknight, I think, is a legitimate lottery pick. Uh, he's a little bit older, 2000's birthday. So, 
you never know. He's coming off a, he had a serious knee injury in high school, but he, he's gotten through. He's been banged up this year, had like an elbow injury, but like book nine, super smooth, like NBA made score, like can shoot. Like there's like some Paul Pierce there. He's not that tall, but like in terms of like his footwork and his ability to create for others, like I, I really, really like book Knight. I think he's a great secondary creator right now. He's a great athlete. He's really good off the ball. I think he can play in a lot of different ways. I think it just matters. Is he going to be a 40% three-point shooter off the bounce? But I like Book Knight a lot. I think he's a top 12 guy. Cam Thomas, I just think, like, buckle up and enjoy the ride because it's it's fun to watch the guy because <laughs> he's just – he's so unorthodox too. Like, he shoots, like, across his body. Like, his feet are all jacked up. Like, but, man, that guy's fun. He, he gets numbers. It's just – but he just uh, doesn't pass. His pass button is just broken, which is amazing to see. <laughs> Well, let's let's not spend too long on the rest of the guys. Although I will flag Mount St. Mary's best player, Damian Chong Kui. I don't know how to say his name. He's five eight. I just think if you're watching Mount St. Mary's, just watch that. That's cool. A uh, couple of, real quick. Just give, let me give you a couple other guys okay. just to pay attention to. Uh, Aaron Wiggins on Maryland. Dante Scott worthwhile to pay attention to. Michigan State. Aaron Henry. Uh, that's probably about it, to be honest with you. Oh, Colorado, McKinley Wright. Uh, Col- Colorado's pretty good, to be honest. They, they play really well together. But McKinley Wright probably has a chance to be a second-round pick as well. But move on. Okay, moving on to the South. Baylor's one of the top seeds. Good news for their tournament chances. They have two like veteran guards, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler. Both, according to ESPN, right in that 30 range, 28 and 29 on the big board, both average five assists a game. Is there one you like better than the other? Yeah, Jared, I like Jared Butler better. He's just bigger. Davion Mitchell, really good player. Uh, I, I think he's a very good college player. Would be stunned if he was anywhere near a 30. I, I think that's way off the mark. Jared Butler, I think, has a chance to be a late first-round pick. Probably has an argument to be the most uh, of being the most skilled player in college basketball. Who's Great. the star if they had, like, one possession on that Butler. Team? Butler's going to have the ball. That's what I think, at least. Uh, okay. he, he's super aggressive. He's really crafty, pretty skilled, a, a smooth shot maker. I think 10 years ago, this is a guy that people are talking a little bit like, hey, he's like Ben Gordon. You know what I mean? Like he's a little smaller than that. He's 6'3", but he's a little heavier. But his skill set is similar to that. But he just – I think he's going to sneak in the first round. I don't don't know about Davion Mitchell. He's just so small. Um, now you have some other guys in the South. A couple of like you know guards that are ranked pretty highly. Arkansas's shooter Moses Moody ranked number eleven. That's Texas a guy Tech, that you're you're gonna love that guy because he just I do I already like him. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech Terrence Shannon ranked twenty seven and Florida's Trey Mann ranked twenty third. Is there one of those guys that you like? I mean, I like Moses Moody better. I think Moses Moody's a guy that's in the conversation for the sixth pick because again, you're, you're talking about a long athletic shooter. Now he hasn't shown the creation that some of the other guys I've talked about have. But I think like that's the next step for him. But like I think there are guys that might look at Moses Moody and be like, this can be Clay Thompson. You know, and again, we're talking about arguably the, you know, one of the five best shooters in the NBA of all time. So I don't want to hang that on a kid like that. But I I think that Moses Moody has a chance if he really shoots it well over the next two weeks and Arkansas makes a run, I think he has a chance to get into that top six, top seven. Uh Trey Man, I don't really like as a first round pick, to be totally honest. Uh, I like Scotty Lewis better as a pro prospect, even though Trey Man is Definitely more productive. Terrence Shannon, interesting kid, older, uh, injured in high school, ended up taking a prep year, and then kind of has come out as this sort of like grown man athlete in Texas Tech system. I'll just tell you that like we're starting to get a little bit of a sample on do you want to take the like physical Texas Tech guards, right? Like we we now have, you know, Zaire Smith, 
bad luck, probably Jared Culver, who knows? Like, so I, I'd be wary of a guy like Terrence Shannon. And I don't think you should judge guys based on where they go to school. But I do think when you're like, oh, this guy's going to be a great team defender and this guy's going to be, you know, a, a really good ball handler and a tough kid. Like I just would be pretty wary of thinking that with Terrence Shannon. Cause there's not, a, I don't, I don't think he's super skilled. I really don't. And I think those guys seem to thrive for Chris Beard, but we haven't really seen the translation of the NBA level yet. And that makes me very nervous. Yeah. And they always like cite them as being great individual defenders. And it's like, maybe the team's just really good at defense. Uh, um, I would say real quick, by the way, that Colgate Arkansas game, the, the current number for it is uh, 162, which is an insane college number. But like Bovada definitely knows what they're doing because that's a game that I think a lot of people are going to really go after because both those teams play at a top 10 pace. I don't think Colgate's going to win, but I think throw some dollars on the over and just sit back and enjoy the game because I think it'll be a lot of fun. Those teams just, they run and they get shots up. And so I I would say that that's a good one to watch. You mentioned, uh, not to go back, but you said why I would like Moses Moody. Let me tell you a few more reasons though. Because it's like, okay, he's a shooter or whatever. But he's six six. I think he has like a seven foot wingspan or something. He's very like that. very long. Yeah, yeah. So that enables him get. He's getting six rebounds a game. He gets to the line six times a game. All those like to me are just like, this guy's not going to bust. You know, like I could find a use for this guy even if it's not, you know, being the star yeah, of my the, team. The only the only issue with him right now, and again, this is this is a thing that I think can come later for some guys. I mean, he's he's nineteen. Like I, I think he's a young kid. I think yeah, he's, he's like eighteen not, according to yeah. He's, he's not nineteen yet. So like. He just is not a great passer. Like he doesn't. A little have, old, according to Woody Allen. Though. He doesn't. He doesn't have feel as a creator at this point in his career. But again, that's not what he's been required to do. If you look at the high school team he played on last year at Mount Verde with Cade and Scotty Barnes and Dayron Sharp and all those guys, like he didn't have to do anything other than make shots. And that's what. Yeah, he Yeah, but does. that's the crazy thing. So all these guys played on as UNC's top guy is a you know freshman big man Dayron Sharp. They all played on the same high school team. How does that happen? Yeah. Mount Verde just. They're just that good. They just they get they get those players. Is it but possible? Again, to, you know, it's a private you. school. Some, they, re- they recruit. They run shorts from North Carolina. Moses but it's from really Arkansas. this. You, you've I've heard rumors. I not from you, from other people that maybe NCAA teams play pay players. Is it possible high school pays players? Because like, how do you get I am, five lottery I am not picks going, on the same? I'm just just not going to have this conversation. So I, I don't know if they do. I I don't think they do. But that one team, Mount Vern or whatever, like Mount Verde. Their next um, year's team also has like three lottery picks. Like, how is it possible you have yeah, like, like lottery love, picks? Yeah, like Caleb Houston, Jalen Duran. Like, they're loaded. RJ Nemar, they're really good. It's it, you know they just they. I, I think here's the thing. What I'll say about Mount Verde. So Kevin Boyle's the head coach there. Obviously, coached at St. Pat's. Tons of NBA players: Al Harrington, Kyrie, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, all that stuff. Right. So then he takes them out for a job. He builds it up, and like we're seeing, this is a guy with a track record of getting guys high major Division one scholarships who then go off and our first round picks. So like, why wouldn't you play for him? Right. They have amazing facilities in Florida. Like why, why wouldn't you play for him? I don't know. Maybe a little pride in your local town. I don't know. Um, Midwest bracket. It's our last <laughs> oh one. Oh my God. Did we miss anybody in this? In this? No, uh, I mean, just sharp. You want to talk about sharp, your buddy. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, Daron sharp is a legitimate first round pick. Like, I don't know if he'll go in the first round. I, I definitely think he's going pro. I, I like Dayron and and I think that the one thing about him is he's definitely a better passer, I, I think, than people realize. North Carolina is just weird, man. Like they, they play a bunch of guys, they want to play two bigs. Like he's the first big off the bench, so he's only playing like 20 minutes a game. 
He is an absolutely electric out of area rebounder. Awesome motor as an offensive rebounder. I, I don't know if he's like, but he's also like, he's like 6'10". He's like 250. Like I, I like him better than I like like Kofi Cockburn. You know what I mean? Like I like Daron better. He's younger. I think he can pass. I think you can do more things with him on offense. But I also don't love bigs and like he's going to have to play drop coverage because he can't switch. So I just don't know. I would say he's probably in that 20 to 40 range is my guess. Cause I just don't know what to do with bigs. Like Isaiah Stewart yeah. going 16th last year was so odd. Like I like Darren Sharp a lot better than I liked Isaiah Stewart last year. So like maybe he's got a chance to go in the top 15. I don't know. He, he advertises himself as a jump shooter. Like, and he shot jump shots in AAU, but obviously he's not doing that now. Well, that's why like sort of like the traditional, I mean, big guy, they're all trying to stretch, but like, you know, they would be a traditional big guy 10 years ago. Sometimes, yeah, the Isaiah Stewart went really high. And then like a guy that I thought was going to have a better rookie year, Vernon Carey, because he was good in college. He stinks. He hasn't done anything in the NBA but, so far. But that's the thing. So like when you look at a guy like Dayron Sharp, right, just to steal the Mel Kuyper vernacular for the 400th time today, like he can, you know, he can pass. Like you can put him in dribble handoffs. Like he can be an energy big off the bench. But like North Carolina just stunts their guys. Like when they have a lot of similar players and then some freshmen – they just like stunt their player statistics, right? When they have like Bryce Johnson, he gets the ball every time or Marcus Page. But then when they have like a bunch of young guys, like Roy Williams is like determined to just play everyone 20 to 26 minutes and you just can't really see. Like, so I, I would say if like Dayron has a big game against Baylor, like what if he has two huge games? Like what if he goes 20 and 10 against Wisconsin and then they beat Baylor and he has like 25, 11 and six, like that guy's going to be a top 20 pick. Yeah, it's just scary. The big guy's like just so devalued. Like even Evan Mobley, I'm like, I don't know how many people want. Yeah, it's weird. A right? center like, in the top five. Because I told you, I, I texted you, and we'll talk about Illinois in a second. But like, there's a chance 20 years ago, Kofi Cock- Cockburn was like the first or second. Pick like draft. Michael Holloway Candy, or honestly, one. like because he's so big and strong, he can move. He has pretty good hands. Now he's not a great free throw shooter, but like, but he's to me like I don't even know if he's. I don't, I don't think he's a top 30 guy. Yeah, he's not listed. Um, two small school guys. I wondered if, if you know him. Yeah. I can't even pronounce the name. Utah State, Nemius Quita. He's, he's really good. He should he probably blocks be, a game. Yeah, he should probably be the first big off the bench. First, he should probably be like, after Evan Mobley, he should be in the mix. But he's old. Uh, he's he's from Portugal, right? And he's coming off a knee injury when he went. He, he declared before, and then he got hurt. But his numbers are like uh, really good. Three blocks a game, ten rebounds a game. He he and can speaking also of good numbers. Can I tell you a guy that I just jumped out? I mean, stat wise, never seen a play. Oh my god, hit me, Max Abmus, an Oral Roberts. Have you heard of this guy? No, in the summer league. Can I tell you stats again? This is just based on stats. Twenty four points a game, hitting forty four from three, ninety percent from the free throw line. He's playing a lot of minutes. I mean, he's placed 36 Who's minutes. Who's Oral Roberts line. playing? Ohio State? I, I'd say yeah. Ohio State, great on offense, suspect What is What is the spread on Bovada on Oral Roberts? Let me see. Because I'm, I'm telling you, if you have a scorching hot you know, point guard that people don't know about. I'm pretty sure they'll know about him. Hold on. I don't looking? think they know about him. Oh, they don't okay. listen to the podcast. Here's, here's what I would say. Ohio State is... Minus 16 and a half. I love it. Take the points. The money line only plus 1,000. So maybe Bovada is aware of the fact. Yeah, I was just thinking money exists. line for that. Uh, I will say plus six, can I say that's my pick of the day? Oral Roberts plus 16. So they're just going to cover. You're not picking them to win. Well, I, I want to be careful. You know, this guy could hit 10 threes, but maybe uh, not 11. I did, I did see about the kid uh, 
Nemi Esquita, John Hollinger wrote about him and and he does his per 36 numbers, 12 rebounds, three assists, close to four blocks, 3.9, 1.3 steals. Like that's not been replicated ever in college basketball. So take, take it with, with what Although you it will. Is Utah state. Sometimes like those little, they're, they're are, good. They're good. Utah state is very but good. But their opponents sometimes are just like, what the hell? What do I do? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've played like, they played VCU, they played Northern Iowa, they played BYU, and then, you know, then, like, New Mexico, San Diego State, like, those teams are good. Boise State was really good this year. I mean, the the, the Mountain West is is good, dude. Like, the Mountain West is good. He, I guess the only problem with Keita is that he's, like, 22. And so, like, yeah. between him and Dayron, and then there's a kid from Turkey, Alper and Sangin, who you'll probably watch film about later and text me. But, like, those are all the kind of guys that are in comparison. Those three are probably like, hey, are they going to be the, the – second big off the board maybe isaiah jackson from kentucky if he decides to come pro just because he's more of like a run and jump guy but i don't know i, I like Keita and i, I like daron sharp so the midwest jumping to our last bracket illinois is considered one of the two or three best teams yeah i think they're very good two stars um only one's really considered a, a top pick you said kofi cockburn the big man is not really on the radar although he's a great college player um i mean is he i'm not i'm not crazy right like 17 points, 10 rebounds a game. Right, but he's not like on anybody's list, is he? he ESPN didn't have him in the top 100. Yeah, Sam Sam has him 84th. That's crazy, man. He's 20 years old. It's like, you know, it's, he it's looks just 40. Oh, uh, he's a beast, though. He's, I, and again, like Illinois, if you're going to say, like, hey, what is their, you know, like, Io is so good. I just Sun Moo is really good. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, I got stock in that kid. I think he's a great kid. I think he, I just, he's older, right? Which people don't like, and he's not a great shooter, but he's just like, he's just such a solid player. It just, to me, I just don't know how he's not a good backup point guard at at, at, the, at a minimum, right? Like he just, he just strikes me. He's like he's six, five, he's 185 pounds. Like he can really guard. He works his balls off. Like, I just really like that kid, but like Kobe Cockburn is 20 years old and seven, one and like productive, and you would just assume if like Yudoka Azabuki is going to be a first round pick for the Jazz, like why is Kofi Cockburn not? Right. Speaking of my household, my mother in law was watching it, and we came to the same conclusion. She she knows her basketball too. Like Illinois looks really good. They're really good. I mean, and then her, her other Kerr, her other Kerr comment was, really was Kofi Cockburn. How old is this guy? Because he looks thirty. And then is that his real name? <laughs> it is his real name. He's been around a long time. I mean, here's the thing though. Like Io to me is the type of guard that. When people are like, hey, you want to have guards in March, like this is the type of guy you're talking about, right? Like three-year player at Illinois. He's got a lot of years under his belt, averaging 20. And then I think six rebounds, five assists. He's shooting just under 40% from three, 80% of the line. Like this is a guy that just carries a load and just wins a bunch of games for you, right? And I, and I know that we were worried about him because of the nose injury, but he wears the black mask. Like he's he's in good shape. And I think that like Illinois is deep. They're talented. Brad Underwood's a good coach. I just think they got absolutely totally screwed in terms of their draw. Cause like, I just feel like they have so many good teams in their bracket, right? Like well, Loyola, Loyola, we're not talking about Loyola, but Loyola Chicago, according to Ken Palm is a top 10, top team. 10 team. They're like the number one defensive team in the country. Right. And it's a regional thing too. So like those guys are, you know, they didn't get recruited by Illinois. And so like they're, they've been there before. And like, I do think Kobe Cochran would kill Cameron Krautwig, who I do think has a chance to get drafted. But, but then also like they're in the same pod as Tennessee who has a bunch of NBA prospects and Oklahoma state who has Cade Cunningham. And it's like, how, how is this what Illinois ended up doing? Like, 
no respect at all, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and no free pass. One good game, and then you're probably playing three hard games. Right. It's it's, and, and that's why I said, like, so if you're interested in betting on Illinois on Movado, which I think is not the wrong thing to do because I think they're very good. I just, I just feel like you're just going to sweat a ton of good games, right? I still think it might be worth it in a bracket. I know not everyone does brackets. If you're a hardcore better, it's not the thing you do, but. Um, if you're in an office pool or you're a casual fan and just being like the one of five taking Illinois, I think you have a good shot and you might lose in the finals. Are you going to have a bracket where you pick Georgetown to Uh, even win a game? I'd take them to win a game. Yeah. They won four in a row, man. They look pretty good. All right. Let's talk about really the the, the last two We'll we'll end with Cade, but um, Tennessee, Jaden Springer, top 20, Keon Johnson, athletic. He's risen up to number six on ESPN. Do you buy into that either of those two guys as lottery picks? He's had a yeah, I mean, I, I think Keon's definitely gonna be a lottery pick. Like I said, outside of Greg Brown, he's probably the best athlete in college basketball. Uh he had an injury in high school, so he didn't play his last summer, but he is fully healthy now. Uh, the athleticism is legitimately electric. He's a good enough shooter. He's a really good defender. And I think he's I think he shows enough instincts as a basketball player to feel pretty comfortable about him going forward. He's the guy I think right now, if you were going to bet on it, I think he's probably the favorite to go sixth just because when you look at somebody who's six, five and 40 inch vertical, who shows that they can handle the ball and shows that they can guard the other team's best player. He, he seems like that guy, especially because Rick Barnes sometimes like it's weird. Like Rick Barnes has a team of underachievers and they're amazing. And then he gets a team of like super talented guys and he manages to get less out of them. So I don't know. Uh, I agree with you, by the way. Like, I, I, I guess it's the consensus now, but there is seems to be a clear top five. Yeah. And it is a little bit of like, what do you need? Like, I could see Jalen Suggs falling to five just because people don't need a point guard or Evan right. Mobley falling a couple of spots. Um, two little interesting notes before we get to the main guy. Ron Harper Jr. is on Rutgers. He's I, I like Ron Harper Jr. Big, big shooter. Like, he's just got such a bad body. He's just like always out of shape. Like, it's weird. Um, Syracuse's top scorer, coach's son, Buddy, Buddy Boyan. He's really not a shooter. prospect, but that's interesting, right? I will say real quick, Jaden Springer is another guy. I know I mentioned him about the jump, but like he's a guy that w- if he has two or three good tournament games in a row, could really vault himself into the top 10. Just a really smooth scorer. I also think he's the type of guy that could go back to school and end up as a top five pick. I, I really do feel yeah, that Yeah, he has like a he- good side. I, I like him too. Kind of, you know... It's hard to see a guy like that missing, really, just because he looks like an NBA player. He's he just not play. really. He's not really. I guess he's not really like a point guard per se, right? He he's definitely more of a two guard, but he's definitely more of like a offensive creator. Like he's definitely more of like a guy you want to have the ball in his hands, right? And so while he's not like elite in that regard, like he's not you know James Harden or Kyrie Irving in that regard, he is a guy that you know with more shots might shoot forty percent from three on a pretty high volume. He's probably going to average four or five assists a game. I I, I like Jaden Springer. I, I think he's very, very good. But I do want to see more, I guess, especially because he turns it over at such a high rate right now. But um, Okay, so now the star of the show, guy who's been number one pretty much all year long, Cade Cunningham, went to Oklahoma State. Pretty much lived up to the billing. They, they and he's been as right. good as yeah, yeah. He's been as, what, you know. What are you going to do? Like he took him to the Big Ten, Big Twelve title game. This Oklahoma State team is like good, not great, right? Like they're they're decent, but like they're really they started good. slow, and now they're they've been hot. 
I mean, I, I think they're going to be, I think people are going to look at Cade and they're going to be like, this has some Syracuse potential, Carmelo Anthony. I, I like Cade Cunningham a lot. I think he's going to end up being the number one pick. Early in the year, it, it really worried me how little he drove, he got by people. But he is 6'7", right? He, he shows really good feel to pass. I don't think he's as good as Ben Simmons. I just don't think that. And he's clearly a better shooter, so maybe he will end up being better. I don't see the impact on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't think he's that good of a – like, he's not a point guard. I understand what people say, but he's not. Like, that's just and not he, who he is. Well, because all year I've been hearing Ben Simmons hype, Ben Simmons hype, and watching him, you're right. Like, he doesn't play like that. No, he's much more He's much more smooth. He, he You know, he's not really Lamar Odom because he's not that big, but, like, it's more like that where he has the ball in his hands, he creates for others. Now, he he's better than that. Don't get me wrong. But I – like I don't, he he wouldn't be the number one pick over like Amani Bates, right? He, he definitely wouldn't be, and I don't know if he'd be the number one pick if the twenty twenty one draft was in this. I do think he'd get picked over Ant Man number one. He probably wouldn't yeah. get picked over Lamelo at this point at, at number one. Right. But if they like went back to the draft, but right. just to, just for context, twenty points a game, six rebounds. See, I thought he would get more assists, only three and a half assists versus yeah. four turnovers. But he's had see the, the the thing that's made me feel better about Cade is that like he's had to score more and he's been able to do it. Like that was kind of what I was worried about. Is he going to be like a you know a fourteen six and six guy, and then when they need right. a bucket, he can't do it. Like he had forty against Oklahoma and Bedlam. Like that's a huge deal. Like this is a dude that can get twenty five a night. And earlier in the season when I was talking to you about him, like I hadn't seen that from him often. Like getting to the foul line and like making a ton of shots, but like. He's so tall and he's so controlled. Like he can always get to a spot to get a good look. I, 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 I think he's definitely a, a very reasonable number one pick. And I, I don't think you need to over, at least from a college player perspective, I could see talking yourself, like I said, into come on Gary, Jalen green. I could see it, but from a college player perspective for this podcast, I can't see drafting like either Mobley or Jalen Suggs or anybody else over him. He, he just gets too much done in my Well, opinion. and also like talk about low or high floor. He's 6'7", 220. Shooting has been better than I realized. 41% from three, 85% from the line. Yeah, 50, He's more 59%, of a scorer. 59% true shooting. More of a scorer than like a point guard is like kind of led to believe. Um, but where would like, so looking ahead, like I think he's clearly number one pick, but like he's always listed as a point guard now. Yeah. Do you, if you had, let's say you were, um, Minnesota and you have a couple guards or, you know, Cleveland, they have a couple guards. Can you draft him yes. and play him at like at small forward? Definitely. You can play him a point guard. You know what I mean? Like at this point, it doesn't matter. Like he can play next to D'Angelo Russell. He can play with Anthony Edwards. If you're Minnesota, he's the hundred percent, the number one pick. Unless you think, unless you're going to overthink it and think you're going to like lose Carl Towns. In which case, maybe just flip the pick to Detroit and then take Evan Mobley. Like, I, I, but I, I think, like, given his level of talent and given his kind of like scale or his fit or like scalability into a team, like he can play anywhere. He, he's a good enough shooter. He's a good enough ball handler. Like, he's just a really good basketball player. I, I worry a little bit about him defensively at the next level, but yeah, we we've heard a lot of that. Like, people nitpicking lateral quickness, not an elite athlete, but. He's a good he, enough athlete. Yeah, like, you heard that about Luca. You heard that about James Harden. Yeah, we need to probably. And they all have size, that. you know, for their positions. So it kind of is mitigated. He, he's Cade. I don't think Oklahoma State's good enough because, like, the one thing about the Syracuse team was like Hakeem Warwick was a first round pick. Like Jerry McNamara was a really good college player. Like Oklahoma State doesn't have the same level of talent. And also, Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. I don't know that I feel that way about Cade yet. 
I don't know that I felt that way about Carmelo at the time, but I did. I really like Carmelo. Yeah, um, I mean, he just. But was I really, really like good. Kate too. I think he's a clear number one. But you know what? In a way, like I don't like picking in the brackets. Let's say or betting the star player team. He the the one thing I will say about Cade is like Ben Simmons like very clearly didn't want to go to college, right? Like it just was not exciting to him. Even though he won every, you know, he won an AAU, he won at Mount Verde as well. Like, but like Cade Cunningham, like that dude has played his absolute ass off for Oklahoma State, and I don't know if it's because his like brothers on staff. Or if Mike Boynton's like an excellent motivator, like he does not strike me as the like guy who's going to come out and they're going to get down like 10 to two. And he's just going to mail it in and be like, ah, forget it. I don't care. Like he, I, I hate to say this because I don't, this is just anecdotally speaking, Zan, like, but he does seem to play really, really hard. But you know what? It bothers me about it in a way is like the superstar in college. It's like watching them. Like, it's clearly like they're aware. His teammates are aware. Like, Oh wait, he's the best player. We got to get him the ball. Evan Mobley, same thing. I was watching USC and I was like, they feel like stagnated until like they get him a touch. Yeah. They do. I mean, almost. they, they do that for sure. Do you not, you are not, I guess on the Quentin Grimes. Bandwagon? I like Quentin Grimes actually. I like to make Kansas. Yeah. I, I mean, Quentin Grimes is the guy for Houston. He's their best player. They're, they're very good Houston. And uh, I would say that the one thing that does excite me about this particular side of the bracket is that like, Loyola is really hard to play against. West Virginia is really hard to play against. Houston's really hard to play against. Tennessee's got a lot of talent. Oklahoma State has Kate Cunningham. I, I think, like, whoever makes it out of this bracket, we're going to see some elite level play because it's it's going to be really, really difficult. You know what I mean? If Illinois just, like, runs roughshod over this bracket and makes the Final Four, then it's like, all right, my questions about Io and Kobe Cockburner are probably less than they were today, if that makes well, sense. I want you to do me two things. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I do like Miles McBride, by the way, from West Virginia. I think he's pretty good as well. Uh, put you on the spot. Two questions. One question is, say somebody wants to go against the grain. They do not want to take follow the lead and take Gonzaga to win the title. Give me the other team that you think is the best bet to win the title. I mean, I think Illinois is the second best team in the country. I guess like you're saying, if I don't pick Well, if I don't want to be the one of 40 people taking Gonzaga. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like, but I don't want to take like a wild, you know, like BYU to win the title. Like who's like a realistic team that could actually win the title. It's a good so question. you're saying Illinois, I think that's a fair pick. And then the other question I was going to ask you is, and I agree by the way, um, with Illinois. Now give me a mid range team, sort of like in that five, six, seven, eight range that you think could win two or three games. Let me answer one other thing. I think Alabama would be the other team I would take. I don't like Michigan without livers. And I think that that bracket's not super strong, right? They get to play UConn or Maryland and then like Texas. Like, I, I don't know. I think that uh, mid-range team. Yeah, hmm. in the four to eight range, nine range, if you want to go that deep. All right. I'm not going to pick Cade because I just talked about this. Uh, I'll, tell you who I, I'll tell you who I'm a fan of. I, I, I think Utah State's pretty, pretty freaking good. And I think that like they have a lot of skilled guys. And I think Keita is good enough to win a couple games by himself. So that's a double-digit seed that I'll, I'll give take you. It. I'll take it. And then the other team that I will take, I wish USC was not playing Virginia, to be honest with you, because I would like to take USC. But the other team that I think that's like in that four to – I don't know, man. Well, tell I me, because I, I don't like Michigan very much, although you like Franz Wagner. I mean, I guess Florida State makes a lot of that's sense. That's what I was going to ask you, because I was – Colorado's, good. Colorado's good, by the way. Like, Colorado's legitimately good. But so I don't you think know the Florida State could could Florida State make the final four? It's it seems to me 
Yeah, I think they can. It seems to me, though, that this year the Big Ten and the Big 12 were legitimately very good, and we know that for a fact. ACC was definitely down. Pac-12 was definitely down. SEC, I have no freaking idea. Like, I, I don't know. Like, LSU could just get super hot, even though I think they're very primed for an upset, if you like. Like, I, I think Bonnie's money line on Bovada is a really good pick. But, like, again, I, I don't know. Like, I think Bama's good. I think I think Arkansas is pretty good. <laughs> like, but I guess I, I guess Florida State falls in that mix, probably. I, I like yeah, UConn. I would, that I, was I maybe like, another reason that I was bummed the tournament didn't have it last year. Like, I was, like, ready to pick Florida State to go really far last they year. They were really – I mean, they were really good last year. Oklahoma State obviously makes a lot of sense with Cade. Just because, like, Tennessee is a good, not great five seed. Like, they could be really, really good, and they can really guard. But, like – and they have Josiah James, who would be a fun matchup for Cade. But I don't know, man. I'm going to say pick chalk, but I'm going to say if you really do want to kind of like go against the grain and you you know that everyone's picking like Houston and, you know, whatever, I would say Alabama is the two seed that probably people are going to be like, well, they have, you well, know. You, you could do too, like if you want to be practical. I think Alabama, not many people are taking them. So you say, hey, maybe not win the title because you don't want to get burned that way. But if you have them in the final four, that's probably risky enough. If you're one of those people who just wants to stick with Gonzaga. And then you differentiate differentiate yourself saying Alabama's going to make the final four. Yeah. The other team, I do think Book Knight is good enough to carry UConn a couple a couple rounds. And like again, that that flies directly in the face of like, hey, pick Alabama. But UConn guards and they have a guy who can make shots. And when you play an up and down game against a team like Alabama, if they're not making shots and throwing the ball away, like and Book Knight can get you thirty five, then you know you, yeah. you have a chance. I just to win think I think if you take Gonzaga to win, which I'll probably do as well, it's like you need some differentiation, like. Alabama in the final four, maybe enough. Houston in the finals, it would be enough. Maybe the final four is enough. You know, Ohio State, you just need something. If you just go four seed, four number one seeds, like how are you going to win? No, you can't do that. Definitely, you can't do that. You shouldn't do it. Like I would say Baylor and Michigan to me. And again, Illinois' draw like really worries me. It's just you got to play a lot of good teams. And so we'll see. Fun time. I say this year, by the way. Games don't start till Thursday. Playing games are Thursday and Friday, and the first round is or the second round, I guess they call it now, is actually Saturday and Sunday. So no need to take off work. You can just watch on. You Saturday can take off Sunday. work anyway. Yeah, you if you're working from home, who's gonna know? All right, uh, he is at Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show Ellison at gmail.com. Listen to MTV Challenge Accepted sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Fridays. Listen to it Thursday morning before you watch the playing games, and then uh, it'll be fun because we'll get to. We'll be back next week and we'll get to talk about the first round of the NCAA tournament and and talk about how some of these guys did and then also talk about catch up with the NBA. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.